0: Both Manchester United and Bayern Munich had weekends to forget. United humiliated at home by Bournemouth, while Bayern pulverised 5-1 at Eintracht Frankfurt. But while Bayern have already won their Champions League group with room to spare, United need to beat the Bavarian Giants and hope for favours from elsewhere They could be dumped out of Europe entirely. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Top-tipping team, assembled as always, starting with Marco Hare. Mark, United need to win and hope the Galatasaray and Copenhagen draw. I would suggest that facing an embarrassed and angry Bayern is not what they needed.
1: No, definitely not. That was probably the worst thing to happen um in terms of this match this uh, last weekend. Not just United's poor performance, but they would have looked to see what Bayern Munich did and and um yeah, I'd be pretty fearful for the backlash. But um in terms of United, um, you know, they re- rightfully received plenty of praise for their performance against Chelsea last midweek and I guess the weekend was almost a, a new low for the campaign to to be beaten uh, at home by Bournemouth in such an emphatic fashion. Um, you know, more records broken. They'd never lost at home to Bournemouth at Old Trafford. Um, but yeah, Bournemouth were exceptional. United were were rudderless, really. And um, if you looked at the the post match. Press conferences and and what the two coaches said, you know, Antonio Irraola basically pinpointed exactly how Bournemouth went about their business, where they exploited their weaknesses, and um, you know he kept talking about transitions and counter attacks, and um, ultimately that's what's paid for for United, and it almost paid for them against Chelsea too, despite absolutely dominating that game and, and deservedly winning the shot count and the match, they gave up a hatful of. Big opportunities in counter-attacks and transitions against Chelsea. Um, I think Opta classed it as five big chances conceded in that win. Uh, Chelsea produced an XG value of, of over 1.5 despite you know barely being in the game. Now, I would sort of say that if you're coming up against a side um, like Bayern Munich, being able to defend those kind of counterattacks and transitions would be kind of your number one priority so that of Bayern can thrive really um, and that would be a massive concern coming into this match as is the fact that United have now lost 12 of their 22 matches across all competitions this season which is hopelessly bad for a club of their stature last season they lost 12 in 62 um, so they've done it in 40 fewer fixtures already this season um, but yeah I think like Man City for example Bayern's squad isn't deep enough to to perhaps deal with with major you know widespread changes injuries or suspensions or whatnot so they probably don't have a massive opportunity to rest or rotate here and i think from a Bayern perspective to go to old trafford they will still see man united as one of the, the biggest clubs in the world they won't want to go to old trafford and just put in a no-show i'm pretty sure those players that club will be you know motivated to get a result regardless of what they did um at frankfurt but to uh, to have to kind of follow up that performance now um I don't think they'll need a second invitation to be almost focusing the mind for this match. So they did drop points against Copenhagen in the the last round when they'd already guaranteed their place. Um, I don't think that counts for a huge amount this midweek. They need a response and I think they'll get it. So, you know, we know United have to basically chase the game. Um, Their chances of qualifying are pretty slim, having to rely on a draw elsewhere. Um, So, you know, United should in theory be front foot. Um, But yeah, things could, I think, unravel for them if... uh, if they don't get in front or don't put in a performance to match what they did against Chelsea. But I just think defensively, they're so exposed so often that, um, this could get ugly. Um, but I think the most no-brainer bet, the price is pretty much going, if not gone already, would have been over two and a half goals in BTTS. Um, it was trading just below 1.8. It's getting closer to 1.7. Uh, obviously, the match day one meeting between these two ended 4-3 and and Bayern basically played in first gear throughout that match. Still, That was one of the Gen- worst 4-3s I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. <laughs> It was atrocious. Yeah. So poor. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they, they didn't get out of first gear. They scored four. They generated over three expected goals. Um, so now with the Bayern side, you know, smarting, I guess, from the weekend, or you called it embarrassing, and it really is and really was. So um, I'd expect them to at least match those, those figures here. Uh, but defensively, too, Bayern have been yeah doesn't feel we don't feel we have confidence um three clean sheets and 10 away league and champions league matches so far this season so you know there's no reason why man united can't get on the score sheet themselves and we kind of getting for a bit of a, a ding dong classic here but um yeah six of 13 visitors to old Trafford this season have scored at least twice brighton man city newcastle bournemouth wow. forest galatasaray uh, chelsea really could and should have done so so that's amazing yeah. right more than what what did you say six out of 13 yeah wow
0: that they've conceded multiple goals against. That's pretty pathetic, isn't it? Considering where they were last season, they were quite solid at home last season, weren't they, defensively? So it's all hopelessly unravelled this season.
1: Yeah, it has. Um, So if those clubs can do so, there's no reason why Bayern can't do it. Uh, Bayern to score over one and a half goals was was close to evens um, on Sunday night. It's already odds on, understandably. But um, yeah, I think you you look at the Bayern stats... They don't really care if they've qualified or not because their, their Champions League record in the group stage is astonishing. And um, they're unbeaten yep. in 39 games now. They've won 35 of those going back to 2017-18. The draw against Copenhagen last time was the first time they'd failed to score in those 39 unbeaten games in the group stage. They've won 17 of 19 away group stage games in that sequence, too. And they're playing the side with the second worst defensive record in the group stage this season. Um Man United conceding 14 goals Antwerp have the worst with 15 no premier league side has ever conceded 15 goals or more in a single group stage campaign so as another record which will probably be broken this midweek so um yeah it's like a bit of a kid Footballing in the sweet heritage shop. <laughs> um i'm looking forward to hearing evets dice this match um, I was like a kid in the sweet shop kind of trying to find which angles i really wanted to promote most and um, there's so many different opportunities i think here but buying to win and BTTS 4.0 on the exchange buying by any other score is 12.0 on the exchange correct score market that requires buying to score four and win um that's a big price Leroy Sane uh, 11 to 10 to score or assist that's landed in 15 of his 25 starts God, this that's season. big. wow yeah. that's a big price 11. To 10, that. 20 goal contributions in those 25 starts been a winner in 15 of 25. Uh, how about this 40 to one shot buying to win, buying most corners, and buying most shots on target in each half? Um, big, big price. Um, but yeah, I think my favorite is the buying to win and both teams to score at 4.0. United need to chase, Bayern are eager to right the wrongs of the weekend, and uh, I think this stylistically should suit them. The
0: data doctor is in Jake Oscar Thorpe back on the panel, Jake. A couple of things here. First, United don't seem to find any consistency whatsoever. The second thing that I think is really interesting, I commentated on Bayern at the weekend and that complete debacle in Frankfurt. Think it's really easy to get distracted by that scoreline because what it doesn't show you, I guess, is how amazing Frankfurt were. Yes, Bayern made some mistakes, but Frankfurt were just unbelievable on the day and almost everything they hit went in. But Thomas Tuchel, before the game, talked about the fact that They'd had a weekend off because the game was snowed off. They hadn't played in the cup because they'd been knocked out. So they had this big, long run of days. And in a packed fixture schedule, you'd think that's what you want. But he actually said, I'm quite worried about the fact that we're out of rhythm. So he's going to want his top players to get back in rhythm by going to Old Trafford and trying to stuff United. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I was thinking that if they'd gone to Frankfurt and maybe got a point
2: or even a win, whether there might have been some rotation but they need a reaction don't they? Like This is a game for a reaction and also momentum ahead of what is a big game at the weekend against Stuttgart because they're flying at the moment in the Bundesliga and they're a handful especially in attack so yeah I think the the, the defeat I know Man United obviously got beaten on the same day the defeat is definitely going to mean that United are going to feel the full force of Bayern Munich Um, and as Mark's touched upon their record in this competition in the group stage is just ridiculous they play but until the very end. And, and people may look at it and, you know, the motivation is low to actually get a win. Well, maybe it is, but even for these big clubs, you win a game in the Champions League, you get money. You know, I think, it, is it a couple of million quid for a win in the group stage? Like, That's not, it's not chump change, you know? No, Bayern Munich, if if, if if they win all six of their games, you're talking between, you know, 12 and 15 million, depending on what the prize is. So um, that um that ultimately is could be another player that they could sign and maybe strengthen in midfield in January so there's a lot of these things and I'll probably bring this up again when we're talking about a couple of other games um, but there's a lot of additional motivation outside of just wanting to win the game that, that clubs that outside of the Premier League don't have the riches perhaps look and take a bit more seriously um, but yeah all those kind of exterior motivators there wanting to get back on the right track, uh, the potential monetary thing. I know that well, probably won't cross the players' minds, but it was something that Tusha might look at when he's selecting his team,
0: if he wants extra extra money in January. Um, well, Tuckle needs a good news story. He knows it, because yeah, the does. problem with buying is every time you draw, it's a disaster. If you lose <laughs> 5-1, they're all outside with pitchforks ready to go. So you'd better win the next game. Yeah. And I guess it kind of, not spared the blushes a little
2: bit, but... The fact that Leverkusen only drew um, on Sunday and, and and that gap is only four points as opposed to potentially being six maybe be spared, spared his blushes a little bit. But either way, this game, Bayern are going to be at it. Um, United are in a position where they have to win and they, that still might not be enough. Um, but having to win will leave themselves open, right? And Bayern Munich can therefore create carnage in what could end up being a basketball match which is what a lot of out matches have been recently I mean even the Everton game was a basketball game in the sense that Everton could have scored 2-3 in the first half right and, at least um, at, at least, least yeah and then you've got Chelsea in midweek and and Chelsea liked to play like that as well and I know that, that Chelsea were just really bad on the night but they still had a lot of chances to create and, and obviously Bournemouth did a real number on them at the weekend. And I, I just think Bayern's price to win, I know Mark's taking uh, win and BTTS, but I just thought the price to win was big enough at, at 2.5 on the exchange. And I would be very surprised if Man United all of a sudden turned it around and managed to get a result. Um, as amusing as it would be for them to beat Bayern Munich and still get knocked out by a Copenhagen or a Galatasaray late goal or something like that for the neutrals, um, I, I just can't see it personally. The way in which the defending has been atrocious... He's a man on a hot seat, isn't he? Eric Ten Hag, big time. I know he needs a result, um, but I just don't think they're going to get it. I think there's a big golfing in quality. The, the results against the better teams this season from Man United, I don't think they've won against teams that have started the weekend uh, 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 in the top half before that Chelsea game. I know Chelsea are now outside the top half, aren't they? But um, yeah, that that that's a problem. Um, the defensive vulnerabilities are just there for everyone to see, aren't they? Whether it's the goalkeeper and his shaky moments, whether it's... Uh, Regian, who plays left back, or Dallo playing left back, and you know, being uncomfortable down that side, and yeah, like Mark, I'm interested to hear what Emmett's got to say about
0: uh, about United and whether he'll stick the boot in as well. I can hear you, United fans. You going? why is it funny? Why would it be funny if we got knocked out? Because you won everything for ages. That's why. (laughs) Year upon year upon year, you won stuff. And now you're not very good. So it's really, really funny. Uh, Emmett doesn't think it's funny. Uh, Trader, tipster and despairing United fan Emmett O'Keefe is with us. Emmett. We asked people and have been asking people in the last few days to get in touch via the mailbag. We're going to be doing that more and more as the weeks go on. Uh, Owen McIntosh says, what price can I get on Emmet accepting that Eric Ten Hag should no longer be the Manchester United manager? Emmett, the floor is yours.
3: Yeah, um, so like obviously... There's so much wrong with Man United this season. Eric Ten Hag is not doing a good job like this. Again, anyone anyone with eyes can see that. I was just looking at a few stats before we came in. In terms of, kind of shots conceded this season... Sheffield United, Luton, Bournemouth, and West Ham are the only teams in the Premier League to conceded more shots than Man United per game. So Burnley and Wolves, (laughs) Burnley and Wolves are conceding are conceding are conceding less shots than Man United. Like United are a mid-table in terms of process. Process United are a mid-table team with kind of gifted attacking players who can produce moments that can lift them above above their expected goals. But the reality is like they're like there in terms of formation strategy process like it's it's completely broken broken and i can i can i can i can definitely kind of see where the lads are coming from having said that i wouldn't i wouldn't be i wouldn't be sacking ten hag mid season um at all the reason is i think there's a lot of downside into appointing a caretaker manager in that is for first you say i think united's chances of appointing a Deserbi alonso like uh, the great Richard Key suggested, um, would would be extre- It would be extremely slim mid-season, and if, if you weren't trying to point one of those like really elite managerial prospects, the chance of you'd have a much better chance of pointing him in, in the summer. And I just think if you point to kind of a, a caretaker manager, most of the time they don't really have a good track record, uh, and and if kind of results go their way, like. All- Gunnar Solskjaer or Roberto de Serbi you're kind of you then might appoint them kind of as the full time manager based on these fool go, fools gold results and non qualifications, and then also because those caretaker matters aren't that good, things can results can actually really deteriorate as we saw with Frank Lampard and Ralph Rangnick. I think like the most dangerous statement any football fan can make is things can't get any worse; they can always get worse. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and, and players I, I, I,
0: know it's the whole supply teacher thing, right? Yeah. That you know that person does not have authority. Because if they're out the door in the summer, you should do what you like. That you're was like I'm going to outlast you, my friend. Precisely like
3: uh <laughs> and as well as a lot of the United players have that attitude now, like yeah, and, just and, to anyone. And, exactly. And, and, and Anthony Martial, like <laughs> like I said, one good season about eight years, and he's like everybody knows that but he he behaves and acts and it's and Marcus Rashford is a bit like that as well, to be honest. That like they act and behave the way they do because they don't expect accountability because that, that's that's just not 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 the way the kind of club 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 has been run, but like I, yeah, it's it's unlikely it happens, but I would still give Ten Hag probably a two-year sample size to turn around. Football's a volatile sport. Ten Hag is, did have an excellent track record at Ajax with separate teams, like unlike like Gunnar Solskjaer, unlike Mourinho. I think whose career was trending downwards when he joined United, T- joined United. Ten Hag did have a good CV coming here, so I would like to give him a two-year sample size and see if he could turn around. As unlikely as that kind of certainly looks at the moment, I'd echo everything the lads have said of the Bayern game. I was just slightly concerned. Just I know, we, I know you, you. You said Kev is probably right in terms of Bayern. We're going to want to kind of get into a rhythm, but just like if they were to play a full team against United, that means they'd be playing four matches in twelve days. And you so you'd have you you'd have Stuttgart away um, at the weekend. It's Stuttgart are, are, are playing extremely well. Like they yeah. obviously kill Leverkusen in that first half. Leverkusen a bit fortunate to get a point. Then they'll have Wolfsburg midweek. So I just I wasn't certain that. Tuckle will go absolutely full strength and he, he and Byron's squad is a little a little thin as well. So that would be the only thing that might hesitate, but I, I, might, might kind of stop me from wading in on Byron, but I think I think everything the lads, I, I would generally agree with everything the lads said. I think with United having to chase the game, like with that kind of. At the moment, every United game is like Groundhog Day in that team, they're just a, a dream to play against in terms of a, for, for a counter attacking side. Like that opening game of the season against Wolves and Matthias Cunha was just running up the guts of the United's yeah. United kind of central midfield and defence. Like, that wasn't the outlier. That's the trend that happens nearly every game. United just don't have the athleticism in midfield and defence to play this kind of kamikaze attacking style where they're committing so many numbers forward. So, and like, if you're playing Sané, Musial and the Bayern attack, that's, that's ripe for trouble. Yeah. So I think like definitely as Mark said, some of the kind of the big price stuff, like the, any other correct score, I think there's like, I think the, 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 those high lines, like where you may Bayern to score four plus Bayern to score five, I definitely, I, I definitely look at that. I think the, it's it's very conceivable we see kind of a kind of a similar pattern to the Bournemouth game, but Bayern a far more quality than Bournemouth. <laughs> Well,
0: we know injury time goals can be a pain in the pocket if they ruin your bets and they've got 90-minute payouts to rescue you. If the clock hits 90 minutes and you've got the right result as it stands, your bet wins when the match ticks into injury time. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. Be Elsewhere in that group, Copenhagen and Galatasaray have a golden opportunity to reach the last 16. They drew 2-2 in the reverse fixture. Gala came back from 2-0 down. To snatch a point, Jake, how's this going to go? Because the parking's going to be on fire. That place is going to be incredible. Yeah, it's going to be a
2: great atmosphere and <clears throat> I think they'll um, have a lot to cheer, to be honest. I, I do quite like Copenhagen. I think they're a big price um, yeah. to win the game, but you can get back them on the handicap at the moment, plus a quarter 1.86 on the exchange and that does appeal. Um, their, their recent form doesn't look great on paper, but They've had a bit of a stacked schedule, but I do think it's interesting to note that this is their final game before a winter break, so they can really leave it all out there. Um, yeah. And Galatasaray are in the midst of a, a really heated title battle in Turkey, um, their own busy schedule. Uh, and they've shown a lot of defensive vulnerability throughout this group campaign. Um, conceded a lot of goals. Obviously, they, they conceded twice to Copenhagen in the first game. Needed a late penalty to, to rescue a point in that one. Uh, Man United had scored quite a few past them as well um but just looking at Copenhagen that they're two matches against Bayern Munich they obviously drew with them last time out and you could say Bayern weren't really at their very best but the fact that they conceded just 0.7 xg in that game at the alliance is
0: and they nearly won Neuer they had a brilliant double save at the end yeah um they nearly won
2: but it wasn't the first time that they played Bayern Munich they conceded just 0.9 xg so in total over two games against Bayern Munich they've conceded less than 1 xg in both which i think is a really interesting um, point and and it does say that, that there is some defensive solidity towards this Copenhagen team and and you know I've been impressed with whenever I've watched them I thought they were um, barring the first thirty minutes in that game at uh, Copenhagen against Man United they were really good and Man United had a man sent off but even at Old Trafford they were really good and probably really unfortunate to lose that game so um, and the goalkeeper
0: super. Rabah yes. is a really good goalkeeper
2: and they do seem to have a little bit of flair in forward areas as well to, to suggest that they can create chances obviously that the home crowd is going to be raw because a draw would suit them in terms of progression hopefully uh, if, unless Man United do pull off the upset and beat Bayern Munich a draw would be enough um, but yeah I just think that they, they there's, I'm a bit more confident about what I'm going to get from Copenhagen as opposed to Galatasaray Copenhagen, you are going to get um, a fairly solid backline with a, a little bit of dust, uh, creative dust in attack, whereas Galatasaray seems to be very wide open uh, and easy to play against, which which could mean that it could be quite a few goals in this game. But um, defensively, there are quite a few question marks for Galatasaray. And the fact that they have to win as well could potentially play into Copenhagen's hands. So, yeah, I was going to have a little
0: play on Copenhagen on the handicap. I like that you've uh, created an off-brand version of Stardust, which is your very own creative dust. Which is good. It's just not not quite as good. It being quite a, a GM, dull box, yeah. I imagine. Jay Colscathorpe's creative dust. I like that very <laughs> much. Emmett, uh, it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because with Galatasaray, they could be brilliant. They could be awful. We just we just don't know what
3: we're going to get, do we? Really? For sure. Yeah. There's, there, 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 there's definitely a real volatility to them. That like that. Um... Yeah, if, if I was, that was, the, that game against United was one of the most entertaining games of uh, of the season for sure, but also one of the most stressful stressful for me. <laughs> but I think there, but I think like it is, um, I think, I think, I'm, I'm hopeful we might see kind of a similar pattern of game, just given the game state heading into this tie. I know it seems unlikely to have one that um, United will beat Bayern Munich, but I think both these sides, if, if, may United were to beat Bayern Munich, they, um, kind of basically one of these sides has to win is if 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 Main beat Bayern Munich and there's a draw and there's a draw in this match Maynard would qualify for for the last 16 so i think both sides will approach the match at least for forty-five minutes, for the first forty-five minutes, thinking they have to win. So I think I think that, that that might lead to kind of quite an end-to-end, a kind of quite quite an attacking game. And obviously, as we know, that's that's kind of Galatasaray's default status. Their five Champions League matches have had an incredible twenty-two goals, four point four goals per game. <laughs> that's easy to watch. Yeah, Copenhagen themselves, their matches are in three goals per game. But as Jake mentioned, I think they had a very impressive they could they, they, they kind have of quite a, quite a defense, defense defensive approach against Bayern Munich which kind of worked for them but I don't think we'll see that in this match where they'll have have to approach it as if they have to win and Copenhagen's Danish league defensive numbers are nothing special they're like they're, 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 they're maybe third or fourth in terms of goals conceded so I think if and United did create good opportunities against them on the counter-attack as we saw at home and away so I think if they if they're pushing for a win I think we can see quite a high Scoring game, so but the way I like, to, I think I looked at if you're doing maybe accumulators, both teams scoring over two point five but one seventy three is worth throwing in the accumulator. But I like a couple of kind of bigger priced options. Both teams to score in the first half is three point five. I like that. I just think I think it just if you're doing the kind of kind of overs for the whole match, you just run the risk of. I think it's it's very conceivable, right, that Bayern Munich might be two or three goals up by sixty or seventy minutes in uh, against Man night and so then Copenhagen will only need to draw to qualify. So Copenhagen might play more defensively in that last part of the game, whereas in the first half, I think both sides would be going for it. I also just have a smaller bet at both teams in both halves at uh, just over eight to one as well. I just think this is the potential for a really high scoring end to end game, and just the game and, 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 and the game state really adds to that as well. Yeah, Mark, this is going to be fascinating, isn't it? Because
0: you've got that situation where Copenhagen, it's weird for them because maybe they don't need to win because maybe a goalless draw or a 1-1 draw would be fine for them. Um, but they're kind of thinking about what's going on in the other game. It's, it messes with your head a bit, this game, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, um, I think from FC Copenhagen's perspective, they they can't afford to be distracted by events at Old Trafford, at least for the first 45 minutes, hour or so. But um, I'm not saying I disagree with Emmett at all. Um, I'm just not sure that they would want to be dragged into a basketball-style game. It's not really their forte, whereas it would be with Galatasaray. So I, I suspect my, my my view is we'll probably see the Copenhagen we've seen in the previous... Four or five games, and whilst the games against the match against Man United did escalate, I think we saw against Bayern Munich a side that's very well structured, very well organised, and very good and competitive, um, capable of, of of nullifying certain sides. And um, yeah, you know, I've been really, really impressed by them. In all honesty, they've overcome three qualifying hurdles to reach this stage. Um, I thought they would be the, not necessarily the whipping boys, but the the outsiders of the pool. But they've been very good. Um, I'm going to support them like Jake is with the quarter goal start, actually, Um, on the basis that a draw would be a good result for them. Because I'd be surprised if United obviously beat Bayern. but um, yeah, I mean, winning in Parken is is no easy feat. Um, United were obviously beaten there four three. The red card tipped the balance in Copenhagen's favour. Um, United were well on top beforehand, but you know, Niestrup, the, the FCK coach, basically was was adamant it was their worst performance of the season by a long way. Um, and he's been a very impressive individual from from what I've I've gathered this yeah. season. Um, uh, and, yeah, the way in which he set his side up in those two legs against Bayern, very, very impressive. Um, they lost 2-1 at home, but they gave the Germans a, a really tough time, did not deserve to lose that on the balance of play, and then earned that 0-0, that which uh, Jake talks about. So, um, yeah, I mean, admittedly, Bayern had already qualified, but even still, to, to stop Bayern scoring in Munich is is an impressive feat. Yeah, nobody um, we saw... does that. No. Almost nobody does <laughs> no. that you know it's uh it's very very rare so you know we saw United um they gave United headaches at Old Trafford too the penalty save and the dying embers uh, denied them a share of the spoils there as well so um and then if you go back to the match day one game it was a long time ago but that 2 2 draw they were 2-0 up as you guys have already talked about but they were reduced to 10 men in the 73rd minute when they were 2-0 up Gala required those two goals in the final 10 minutes to scrape that point but <laughs> you know they were in control basically before the red card so I have been skeptical of Gala throughout the competition. Uh, I maintain that. I, I maintain that when the class is stepped up, they don't look as strong, perhaps as people might perceive them to be because of the collection of journeymen or or players of prominence who are mostly past their peak and yes there are still some individuals there who are very classy very exciting uh, and some a collection of youngsters who will go on to bigger and better things you'd assume but they do still seem a bit of a mishmash uh, for champions league football and i think they can be exposed by by smarter sides more organized sides defensively they have been a bit of a mess they've considered at least twice in every game and you know, Davinson Sanchez who is arguably their best defender is, is rated highly doubtful for this game and you know when you're relying on him as your best key defender um, that kind of backs up my point really so um, their away record in this competition has been wretched for a long time yes they won at uh, United but I think that was their first in 19 in, in the Champions League away from home 15 of those have ended in defeat and, and you made the point at the start there Kev but, um, you know if people assume that Istanbul going away to Galatasaray is a hostile atmosphere, then FCK at home in this kind of situation is (laughs) is a lively affair. So um, yeah, I'm going to back them to to avoid defeat with a quarter goal start.
0: Napoli will qualify for the last 16. I think as long as they don't lose by two clear goals to Braga at the Maradona. Um, Emmett, this seems a really tall order for the Portuguese side, but I like them. I like the way they approach it. I love the fact that their coach is not only a former player but a youth coach. He's basically been there forever. It's just been great to have them back in the Champions League.
3: Absolutely, yeah. I think that they kind of break the mold of kind of the. Like Marco Hare talked about this in previous rounds in the Match Against Real They break the mold of the traditional Portuguese side in terms of being kind of a high goals per game and kind of. Yeah, uh, I could have not not approaching it. Say like 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 we've seen what kind of constacy say report. I was like turning matches into a scrap. <laughs> I think they're, they're, yeah. they, they're the bragging matches are usually really entertaining. They're they're very good kind of both teams to score type type kind of betting heats, and that kind of volatility. I think I'm, I'm looking to get the long side here. I think Napoli do look a bit short. I just think Napoli aren't that trustworthy at these kind of short prices. Like they're they're sixth in sixth in Serie. A. They've made an, yeah, another uninspiring, potentially cheap, I would say cheap option managerial hire in Walter Mazzari. Really
0: weird. Yeah. yeah really yeah. weird. It's just like, I, I mean, I know he's been there before Walter Mazzari, but it's like, is he really for a, for a champions league club? Is he really the best you could do? It's I know. So yeah.
3: odd. It's strange. It's just, just like, as well, your man, just like you have your greatest season since the Maradona era. You dominate Serie A with an incredible, incredible, incredibly, incredibly attacking side. You then fall out with the manager. You hire a terror, like nobody's idea of a good replacement, Rudy Garcia, and you're hiding Walter Mazzari. That yeah. being Eric strangely run, a kind of a strangely run siding that's going to reflect in some of the results of the pitch. And I just think Bragg are probably a bit better than their results like they um, like my mark was a bit unlucky in the last round in that when it, I it was kind of tipping Bragg in the positive markets against Real in that Bragg had an early penalty which they missed and if that goes in I think the game could have been different they drew at home to Union Berlin but the, Union Berlin but they would a, a man sent off after half an hour so mm. a draw was, wasn't a kind of a bad result and when they played Napoli and Real Madrid at home they've been really close games they actually had the better at the XG against Real the Napoli game is very very easy They came out kind of on the wrong side and had two-one losses, but I, I, I don't think they're that far off Napoli in terms of level. And, but the way I'd like to get them on side is, is to back them to be winning at half time at five to one. because we know Braga, Braga's approach is to attack in general. But I think because they need to win this match by two goals to qualify Napoli's expense, I think they'll go hard early and they'll commit numbers that they won't, they won't be waiting until the second half. And I think it's very conceivable that we could see maybe Braga go up one nil or two and up at half time before Napoli kind of. It kind of do do them on the counter attack with Farajeli and Osman as Braga yeah. tried to push forward. So given that as well, this is another big price, but it's definitely worth definitely worth five five pounds a euro. Is Braga half time and Napoli full time at around twenty to one? I think just just given the game state of the nature of the group, like that's that's kind of interesting bet.
0: Yeah, Mark Napoli are a, a curious side because as Emmett said, you know he didn't really pony up in terms of a better contract for. Spalletti and Spalletti went okay then well I'll just go and make wine in Tuscany that's fine and then he got the Italy job anyway and then Rudy Garcia I think all of us in in football not just on this show just went wait what Rudy Garcia is getting the job and so the players were never having him at any stage and they've got Matsari. it's just very
1: strange very strange kind of sad really but um I don't know, from a Napoli fan's perspective, are they as frustrated and disappointed and upset by this season as perhaps they normally would be? Probably not because they've had that high of last season. So, you know, it's always going to be difficult to, to match last season's uh, achievements and exploits, and they were probably never going to do it in all, in all seriousness. But as soon as Spalletti went, it was, it was very much going to be a difficult job. But uh, yeah, it has been has been disappointing to see them kind of flop in the manner they have. Um, their recent form has been really poor and the schedule has been tough, but I, I agree with with Emmet. They look really, really short here um, in a match they don't need to win, which is always very much off-putting for me from a betting perspective. Now, he had talked about the reverse game. They won that uh, 2-1, but it was a really enjoyable game. Braga played their part in it, um, and I think they'll play their part here in, in this game too. I'm expecting it to be uh, engaging, exciting, uh, entertaining. Uh, Braga need to, to win, as you say, by at least two clear goals to qualify. Um, and I think they'll give it their best shot um, because they only know that way of playing, which is front foot. Uh, we'll try and outscore you. Um, So both teams to score was the price on the exchange that stood out to me at 185. Um, That looks really tasty um, considering what we know of Braga and where Napoli are right now. Um, in terms of just raw goal numbers, 20 of Braga's 24 games across all comps this season have seen both teams scoring. 18 of those 24 went over two and a half goals. Braga have scored themselves in all of those matches bar that game away at Real Madrid where they missed that penalty very early on. Um, in terms of underlying metrics, Braga has generated at least 1.2 expected goals in all five group games. They average 1.58 XG, which is not bad at all when you've got Napoli and Real in your group, as well as a stodgy union side. Um, they've averaged over 10 shots in the box in that sample which is again very very impressive uh, so there's no reason why they can't score against the napoli side who've lost four of the last five as i say it has the schedule has been tough but um they're in transition you know rotating from rudy garcia to walter matsari um, they've kept two clean sheets in the last 12. they've lost half of those fixtures by the way uh, they've only won once in seven at the maradona which is very surprising considering that used to be That's a, bit of a fortress record, isn't it? Mm. But obviously the flip side is you've got and Fit, Cavera uh, Scalia is starting to show signs of life again, and Braga always give you chances. Uh, they've conceded at least twice in four or five group games. They've conceded six shots on target in four or five group games. And even in the Portuguese top flight, they've managed just one clean sheet in 13. Um, And yeah, just consider the lay of the land of the group and what's required here. Um you know, The first game between these two teams produced 34 shots. Uh, I think we'll see probably something similar this time around, too. Um, and just last year, the last match day six, uh, I think 12 of the 16 games went over two and a half goals. Um, the goal expectancy does increase this time of year, uh, or this time of the competition. But I don't think that's reflected in the goal markets here because Napoli are such a strong favourite, which uh, I think that's two of us now who, who probably would uh, disagree with the price.
0: Elsewhere in that group, Uh, Union against Real Madrid. Union, in theory, Emmett, can still keep their European dream going if they win and Braga lose. So there's plenty on it for them. And they're playing Real Madrid. So how many times are Union Berlin going to play Real Madrid? Got a new coach in Nena Bielica. They won at the weekends. Real don't need to do anything in this game and they've got a really punishing schedule. So this feels, even though we said Bayern, even though they didn't need to do anything, would pick a strong team. I'm not sure Ancelotti will.
3: Definitely, definitely. I think uh, I think you, you you outlined a lot of the reasons there for kind of a pro union stance, union stance, which we want to take here, like the. I think as well. Just the biggest thing in terms of the side, that I think Rail will pick is just the injuries, the problems they have at the moment. They've Camavinga, Carvajal, Carvajal, and Vinny Junior all missed the draw at us, as well as long-term absentees Thibaut Courtois and Edgar Ed- who are kind of who both suffered kind of cruciate ligament injuries. Jude Bellingham's carried a knock carrying a knock as well, so there's a decent chance he gets rested. And and kind of uh, at the weekend as well against Betis, Real kind of named two goalkeepers and an academy player on the bench, which I think shows you how much their squad is under strain. And like Real also are facing into a kind of a match in, in La Liga this weekend, and then a kind of a midweek match the game after. So, like, I don't see given their given their injury issues, why Anschladi would be re- re- risking kind of a first choice side in a kind of in, in a kind of a meaningless match. As you say, it's a, it kind of all the, all the motivations in Union's favour. They incredibly got their first win since uh, last August against Munchen Gladbach. I do think, I think that they definitely have enough quality in front of a kind of a really, kind of a really strong home advantage to kind of beat kind of a Real Madrid second string. And I think you're getting like, put it this way, the the kind of the 4.0 or over 4.0 on the exchange is assuming Real play a first choice team, which I'd be surprised if they did. So if if you're back in the sports book, I wouldn't put anyone off like backing, backing Union. Bucking Union and the match prices and then cashing out of play out, Real play first choice teams. I don't think the brush price is going to move much in Real's favor. And um, so I think everything's, every, everything points to pro, pro Union. If you want to be played safer, I'd back uh, Union, win, draw, double chance. But I wouldn't put anyone off backing Union's just straight up in all the motivations in their favor. I, I, I think the Real certainly the Real side we see in the pitch is very unlikely to, to be as good as their 188 price in the exchange indicates.
0: Now Newcastle can still qualify, but they've got to beat Milan and hope that Paris slip up at Dortmund. Jake. It's been a tough few days for Newcastle. They made some terrible errors in that defeat at Everton. I thought that was a deserved defeat anyway, actually, at Everton, then they got smacked by Spurs, and the fact that you know they're relying on children and you know people who we've never heard of on their bench, you know it's quite a tricky situation for them. it really is, yeah, um
2: <clears throat> they've had. Probably one of the heaviest schedules on one of the lighter squads we've seen in a long time, um, just purely due to injuries. Um, was it 14 players that got injured or something daft like that at the moment? Which so, yes, is. Well,
0: it's well over a, a whole first
2: team. It, yeah, it's, hard. It's, it's No matter the level of the football team, it's difficult to maintain a kind of strong level of performance when you've got that many players out. Um, and that's ultimately what, what we've seen. We've, we've seen they've saved their best for St. James's Park, is what I would say over the last couple of weeks they uh, you know absolutely dominated chelsea dominated um and followed that up as well didn't they with a with a good home win against man united which probably should have been by a wider margin just away from home there just continues to be a bit of a, a, a bit of a mess and i do wonder if you know i was thinking this and i wrote about this last week ahead of the spurs game that when it comes to these kind of big crunch matches in champions league especially group stage where in the premier league we are what 16 games into the season, you've still got another 22 games to kind of almost claw back a deficit, right? Yeah. Whereas the Champions League, you've got, this is one game, basically, to save the Champions League season and, and see them progress. They obviously need help. Dortmund need to need to uh, beat PSG um, or need to draw with them because they've got a head-to-head record. But they, they need help either way. Um, but I do just wonder if they went into that game against Spurs. I know he still fielded the same 11, but I do wonder if there was a little bit of, you know, don't expend too much energy. Try and save a bit for this because, they, like I said, they've got another 22 games to try and chase the top four um, and ultimately they will they'll, they might go close once they get players back fit. They've only got one game to save the Champions League season. So I do expect a much better performance, um, not only because they're at St. James' part, but I do think that they will have conserved a little bit of energy for this game. Uh, and Milan have got injury issues of their own. The only, the only difference is that Milan their injuries are more depth players as opposed to starting players. They're still fielding a fairly strong team. Um, Either way, both teams have got a chance of qualifying. They they still need help um, from the other game, which means it should be fairly open. And I think that goals, uh, this could be another one, like Mark said, where the goal expectancy does increase. This could be a game that follows suit. um, And compare that to the 0-0 draw that we saw in the first game, where Milan, I think they wrapped up two and a half expected goals, and then Newcastle nearly won it at the end. I think this is going to be the opposite. I think this going to be quite open, quite entertaining with chances at both ends. And very surprised to see both teams to score backable at around 1.8 on the exchange. Um, we've seen defensive lapses from Newcastle recently, just individually. Trippy has been one of the main culprits um, the last couple of games. I wouldn't be surprised to see similar. Um, obviously I think
0: Dubravka's look really shaky as well, actually.
2: Yeah, well, he's got some big. He's got some big gloves to fill, hasn't he? Um, Nick Pope's been excellent all season long, really. And, and yeah, that, that that for me, it looks a problem for Newcastle. It is, I think they're going to need to score a couple to win this game. And Milan obviously have firepower, but they themselves look very vulnerable. I mean, they conceded three le- a weekend against Atalanta. I know the winner was fantastic, wasn't it? Luis Muriel. Oh, a, I love that winner and the celebration. It was heels.
0: like he couldn't believe how good yeah. it was.
2: Yeah, it was sensational. Um, so, yeah, I fully expect goals, both teams to score. And I'd, I would, this is obviously lineup dependent, but um, given the stakes as well, looking at Trippier to be carded, if he's going to be up against Rafael Leal, that looks a, an absolute obvious play, given how leggy Trippier's looked recently. He's picked up a couple of cards as well. So, against that tricky winger, he could be in for a long old night, but the main bet is going to be both teams to score until we know what the team uses.
0: Yeah, I mate, mean, do you see goals here? Because. Newcastle have to really go for it the atmosphere is going to be incredible we know that but neither team looks particularly solid defensively
3: no I was kind of thinking Newcastle home and home away this year I think probably Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is, is a bit of a dated reference maybe we'll say Harvey Dent Two-Face might be a bit more modern <laughs> Like a nice range incre- for people there. Yeah. yeah, it is incredible though. Like in, the, their, in their eight home league matches this season, Newcastle conceded four league goals. That's 0.5 goals a game away from home in the league. They conceded over seventeen goals in eight matches. Over over two goals a game. So you're going from like their their home form is top three in the league. Their away form is nearly relegation standard, and we've seen that kind of carry over to the Champions League a bit. And that like, I know that Newcastle weren't lucky with the the the, the handball against PSG. But on like their process, the game was was terrible. Like they were they were absolutely battered. If um, that sub Barkla had kind of <laughs> was I mean, had, had his head screwed on, it was finished and finished yeah. slightly better. I think I think like that was certainly a game. Newcastle does not didn't even deserve to get a point in. And uh, again against Milan, again their process was very very dubious. As Jake mentioned, Milan racking up kind of over two expected goals. Then like, against Dortmund, again Newcastle didn't really fire a shot. You know, I do I do think like. At the how how is it is a bit of kind of how copy and pasting the Diego Simeone template onto Newcastle because that's that's where he spent he spent time when he was kind of in between jobs. I think a lot of the things he picked up from Simeone are positive, but I do think that away process. I think, I, think, I think Simeone, in those big, big games, his process isn't, isn't good either. I think just if, you're, if your idea is away from home against a better team, be without the ball for long stretches, that's just not a good idea. Like, I think it's, in modern yeah. football, I think that just doesn't work. And because the teams are too good now, as Mark Sting has mentioned in the past, things like VAR... Var, var, with penalties. There's, there's too much, you're leaving self, yourself too much open to chance. Well, even coming... Simeone's kind of accepted that these days, hasn't he? Yeah. He's just trying to play a more expansive brand of football exactly exactly so I think I think that is something that like, I, I think Howe's obviously done a superb job in Newcastle but I do think he needs to tweak that kind of away strategy but obviously the Newcastle are, are 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 at home here and as as kind of Jake said usually with these sides you might be thinking kind of a low scoring game but just the nature of the tie this has this has the makings this is a kind of a similar setup to kind of Galatasaray against Copenhagen and even even more so where both sides absolutely absolutely have have to win to have a chance of qualification, Newcastle have a slightly better odds of qualifying because they'll qualify if Dortmund draw with PSG. Whereas um, Milan need PSG to be, uh, sorry need Dortmund to beat PSG, which is obviously that that bit more unlikely. Um, but just I think, like, as as Jake said, you're just given the kind of with Milan only having one fit centre half, Newcastle kind of n- just not being a solid defensively given the fatigue they'll, they'll suffer from they will have Sean Longstaff and Callum Wilson back so at least Eddie he be able to make a few subs in the match which just makes kind of a change from kind of what's what what's happened recently but just i think we're we're just not going to see the solid defensive units that we that we usually see from that that we usually see from both these sides and just given the game state, I was I was just I was very surprised to see the see the goal total as low as it is. The only reason I wouldn't go with both teams to score, as Jake said, I do think there's a possibility that Newcastle could blow Milan out here, and that's why I just I like I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a I wouldn't be shocked if Newcastle are two goals up after 40 minutes. I, don't, I think Milan are quite vulnerable with those centre half issues, and I think we'll I think under kind of a white hot Saint James, is I wouldn't be surprised if this if, if, if Newcastle blow them away. So I'd lean towards over two and a half here at at kind of at 184
0: there's effectively a Europa League playoff between Lens and Sevilla the visitors need to win to qualify for their beloved Europa League they always find a way marco Herr.
1: they might find it difficult this time around so they've left themselves a bit of a mountain to climb um, as you said there are three points adrift of Lens uh, the two teams played out a 1-1 draw on match day 1 in Spain so yeah, the goal difference is is the same, the head-to-head is the same. So basically it's winner takes all or, or Lons just need to avoid defeat and they'll be playing Europa League football and Sevilla will be out. Um, As you say, we know, we know how important that competition is to Sevilla as a club. Um you do wonder whether that sort of carrot is enough to, to coax them out and put in a strong display here uh i'm hoping they will raise themselves they will go for it with a strong 11 and invest full focus on this match which is something they definitely didn't do uh arsenal on match day four in fairness they had the, the derby at the weekend but even still it was a, 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 it a bit a of a shambles team. really to, yeah it, it was a really was bad team really poor on Sevier's part but um yeah it won't be easy um lawns at home At home and abroad uh, are quite a formidable prospect. Um, They create a hell of an atmosphere. Um, You know, it's quite just a a small town in northern France, but. They have a a great pedigree um, domestically and across Europe as well and the fans do create a big racket um, especially on European nights so this should be a a great atmosphere they've already downed Arsenal uh, at home already this season they'll have aspirations of their own to continue their European journey too Um, obviously it's a bit early to sort of glean anything team news based from the press conferences but I'm working off the assumption that both teams will go for it, so to speak. And I I do think goals might be a little bit underrated here and Lons might be a little bit underrated too. Um waiting on sort of a bit more of the team news there. But you know, Lawrence beat Arsenal here 2-1. They held PSV one all. Obviously, Drew in Spain, Uh, Sevilla have seen BTTS in four of their five group stage games. Uh, The match Arsenal is opening in that apartment. Um, In La Liga, 11 of their 15 games have seen BTTS. Should have been more. They were denied a a controversial goal at the weekend against Mallorca. Lost that match to nil on the island. But they are riddled with injuries and suspensions coming into this match. Um, And that gives Lons an opportunity. But Lons have only managed two clean sheets at home across league and Champions League this season too. So, you know, with Sevilla's Goal heavy numbers and Alon's not keeping regular clean sheets. I thought ETS might be an option, but just at the moment, um, I'm going to instead go 0 to enough goals, which is basically the same price as Alonso to win this game, um, just because of Sevilla's injury list or suspension list. Uh, the squad that is going to France is missing Suso, Joanne Jordan, uh, Luca Bacchio, Mariano Diaz, Nyland, Nianzu, Navas, Lamella, Acuna, Balde. Campos, uh, Marcao, and Yanazai. So there's a lot of players missing. Oh my missing. God, are we playing? You, <laughs> but if you look at the 11 that they've got available to them, there's, there's still a decent team there. So as long as they don't wave the white flag as they did at Arsenal, um, I think they can make a bit of a game of this. Um, you know, the XG numbers in their matches so far have been very, very positive. Uh, Lons will always play front foot football at home. A lot to play for, for them too. So um, it's basically the same price overs or. Longs wins. I think over to enough goals at least covers the, the whitewash if Longs do win this game comfortably and Sevilla do decide to, you know, just uh, just accept their fate basically and prefer to focus on domestic matters where they are struggling. Just two league wins all season, which is astonishingly bad for a club with their pedigree. Really poor start to the
0: campaign. Finally, Atletico Madrid face Lazio. Both are through, but Lazio would take top spot with a win. Not bad for a team that Maurizio Sarri is constantly reminding us we're probably lucky to make the Champions League in the first place and shouldn't really be there. Um, but Jay Cataletti have been so, so good at home. I mean, their results in La Liga have been outrageous at home, haven't they, for the past few months? Yeah, well, just in general,
2: overall competitions have been sensational. They've actually won every single home game they've played this season. Um, which, yeah, takes some doing. Uh, the manner in which they're doing it is impressive as well. They're creating a lot of good chances on a regular basis. Um, and they're taking on a Lazio team who just don't travel well. I mean, they've not started the Serie A season very well. They were a team that um, I had my own from the start of the season as a, as a potential drop-off candidate because they hugely overperformed their underlying data last season. Um, obviously, they lost a couple of key players in the summer as well, mainly Milinkovic-Savic. Um, he's the
0: one, isn't he, really? I mean, yeah, you lose yeah, him, you lose player. so much production.
2: Yeah. Um so you know, I always have my eye on them dropping off and ultimately they sat they sit tenth at the moment in Serie A. Um, it probably should sit a little bit higher based on the underlying data, but still that kind of shows you I think they maybe eighth unexpected points still shows you that they're not quite the team or well, that they they aren't the team that many people think they are. Um yeah, I, I'm taking Atletico Madrid's on the line is currently. Um you're getting odds against around that price as well. So uh yeah, they, they don't travel well, Lazio. Um lost six of ten away games across all competitions, well beaten by Feyenoord as well, um, in the Champions League. So yeah, that that pretty simple play for me. The, the only issue is that this bet doesn't win too often with Athletic Madrid, but it's it's not lost this season. Um, it's it's won in four and pushed in six of their of their 10 home games. But I just think that the vulnerabilities Lazio have shown the strength in which Adelaide Camundra are playing with and I think that Simeone will take this very seriously as a game to to win yeah. Santner authority and, and secure top spot in the group so
0: yeah that's where we're going Yeah you do not want to finish second in the Champions League if you can avoid it that's all we have time for on this edition Of football only better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. All our usual weekend previews coming up later in the week. You'll find out if we're going to be able to save Scott Watch or not. That's the hot topic at the moment. Remember, all of our shows are on YouTube. So check out Betfair's new channel for non-racing content. Make sure you like and subscribe. From Jake, from Mark, from Emmett, and from me, it's goodbye for